How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Tuesday. I'm the Wolf, and you are listening to the Game Board. Uh, I <laughs> time seems to get away from me a lot lately. I just looked up, and already it's one o'clock my time. It's like, dang, what happened to the last three hours of my life? Um, so I was doing my daily prep, which includes spending some time with the closest equivalent to this show that I can find. I'm always looking for others, but the closest that I've found is Kind of Funny Games Daily. It's a daily show, and they talk about games. Sometimes. Anyway. Uh, so today, uh, they talked about nightmares, their office setup, and uh, a watch party for signs today. Um, they spent a half hour doing that before they got to Peloton treadmills. I'm not sure... If they ever got to video game news, um, I just checked out after the first half hour. But uh, I was watching yesterday's show, too, and I couldn't help but notice that this was specifically about games. They spent a full five minutes on ads and things. Then their first story was about Lucasfilm Games, which they talked about for another five minutes. In contrast, uh, in ten minutes here on the game board, we talked about... Uh, fallout group role-playing group being banned from facebook we fully explained what section 230 is and we touched on the future of the entire internet so suffice it to say you aren't going to get this amount of news anywhere else <laughs> at least i haven't found it if you know of another podcast that's like this or another show that's like this feel free to let me know as it is uh, you'll get more news here in five minutes than you will anywhere else. Not only that, but the more you listen, the more you will have a full understanding of what's going on. I promise you, listening to the game board will make you the most informed gamer on the web. All right, let's jump into Tuesday, shall we? Here's the rundown. Bethesda is working on an Indiana Jones game. Lucasfilm Games is resurrected. Xbox gets red controllers. Mass Effect has a release date in March. PS5 players may soon be able to leave in-game text and audio notes. And a leaker says that GTA 6 will have a female lead character. All of that and much, much, much more today on the game board. All right. Let's start with Bethesda. That's the big, the big, big news of the day. So this came from a tweet. It was a 30-second clip. And... It kind of scrolls over uh, a desk with a bunch of books and maps and things, things you would expect from Indiana Jones. And then it finally lands on his hat and he picks it up and underneath it is the bullwhip. And that's the entire teaser. So um, I saw that and I was thinking, it's like, well, we, we have to talk about Lucas film games. And it's like, wasn't, wasn't Indiana Jones a Lucas film property and uh it turns out it is and the lucasfilm logo is there it's real tiny <laughs> you can barely see it but it's there um and you know that's kind of it jeff grubb uh mentioned something that i thought was kind of interesting he said that the zoomers are going to have a problem with it so this is this is what he said on twitter quote oh no machine games bethesda and disney just invited the zoomers to quote recontextualize Indiana Jones, that dude gonna get canceled. <laughs> he goes on to then kind of uh, 
not mock, but emulate. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He does an impression, right, in text form. He does an impression of a Gen Z person, right? And it says it goes like this. He says, so he, okay, let me get this straight. He saves culture cultural artifacts by putting them in Western museums for primarily wealthy white people to look at. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of interesting. I, I had not considered that, but that might be true. That might be what happens to Indy. Um, you know, and it, it kind of brings me back to, to what we talked about yesterday. Like, I was thinking about it after the show, and I was wondering, was I exaggerating? Was I exaggerating about games being vetted before they're released? Do they have to pass a certain test? So here, here was my thought, and you feel free to let me know what you think. Here was my thought. Okay, Section 230 talks about information and, and computer people that run computer uh, or companies that run computer services, right, aren't liable for the, quote, information, end quote, that is used by, posted or used by third-party people. So I was thinking, if information equals speech and games equal art and art equals speech, does information equal art? That is to say, do games, are, are games considered information? Now, that's something that is going to have to be argued in court, probably, if Section 230 is repealed. But uh, if the answer is yes, art is information, then the subject matter of games could be the target of lawsuits, right? Uh, kind of like indie. <laughs> um, is if if uh, somebody, if it can be contextualized as uh, white professor going to indigenous areas and quote-unquote stealing artifacts and bringing them back to England or the U.S. for display in a museum... <laughs> Obviously, that could be seen as problematic and something that should not be allowed or something that it could be sued for. Um, so I, I really hope that I'm wrong in thinking that games need to be will need to be uh, pass a certain test before they're released. I really hope I'm wrong about that. I, I guess we'll find out what happens, but. I, you know, I don't, I, the possibility is not something that I enjoy really thinking about. That being said, again, I think Section 230 needs to be protected, but you can go back yesterday and listen to that whole thing. Moving on in related uh, kind of news. So I saw that Lucasfilm Games was resurrected yesterday. I didn't, I, I got to be honest. I, I mean, everyone was reporting it my whole news feed was full of like Lucasfilm games takes over Star Wars. It's it's the face of Star Wars again. I saw I I feel like I saw it twenty times. Uh, I could that could be a slight exaggeration, but I, I'm following twenty or thirty different news outlets. I feel like I saw it at least twenty times. <laughs> so I'm in a short span of time. So I didn't mention this because we had more important things to talk about. And I've got to be honest, I don't know why it was such a big deal. Uh, I, I just don't. I still don't 
fully know why it's such a big deal. As it stands, it's just a logo. And I guess there's a possibility that it becomes a development studio in its own right. Uh, it will have kind of developed from Lucas Arts, which was one of the development studios for a lot of games in the early 2000s up to, I think, 2012 when Disney bought it. Uh, I mean, that being said, I just don't... I don't know what there is to be kind of excited about. It seemed like a lot of people were, oh, Lucasfilms is back, or Lucasfilms Games is back. And when I looked into it, when I did some research today before the show, to me, it's like, so what does this mean? That Disney can ruin games now? <laughs> I don't... I have a lot of beef with the most recent Star Wars trilogy. I think it's poorly written. It just kind of... it. it uh, I enjoy hating on it. <laughs> uh, and I wonder if that is going to move into the into the games universe. Um, but as it is, like I said, it's just the it's just a logo. That's the only thing that Lucasfilms games has come back to be is a a logo on a game. Uh, but you know, it's worth reporting today now that we're not talking about something as important as the future of the internet at least not uh as extensively as we did yesterday another big story uh that i saw yesterday was that xbox is getting red controllers and that's it that's the whole story <laughs> it's a red controller with a white back um and it releases february 9th uh, so there you have it uh you you will have a the ability to buy a $70 red Xbox controller. Uh, Mass Effect. I freaking love Mass Effect games. They are some of my favorite ever. I, I know everybody likes Mass Effect 2. I know that that's generally considered to be the best one. For my money, though, Ma the original Mass Effect is, is by far the best one. I had never run across a game that introduced... Uh, galaxy in that way or that i i had never had the ability to land on a planet and drive around and <laughs> shoot at people and use a cannon and kill a giant worm from inside uh, a vehicle on a desert planet that game was freaking amazing the the it, it was so good so so good I when those things come out, I it's going to be very difficult for me to tear myself away from them and do anything productive. <laughs> and as it turns out, those games, those remasters are coming out March 12th, which is right around my birthday, my my big 30th birthday. So it's going to be even more difficult for me to tear myself away and do things like this podcast. I will. Don't get me wrong. I will. I will figure it out. But suffice it to say, I am super, 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 super excited about the Mass Effect uh, remasters coming out. If you are too, just know that allegedly there are two retailers that claim that it's coming out March 12th. I've never heard of these retailers. So, I mean, we we may see they're called Shopitree and GSS Shop. I've never heard of those. Maybe bgss shop but those are the two that are claiming that it's going to be released march 12th 
and I lost my place. <laughs> and Sony, okay, we need to talk about the way patents work and uh, Sony filing a bunch of a bunch of patents. So games companies file a lot of patents, like a lot of patents. Uh, this one is kind of interesting, though. Uh, this one is supposed to work like Google Earth, where people can leave pictures and text messages, potentially audio, um, that you can look through. So if you have used Google Earth, uh, when you zoom into an area, if, if for example, you want to see the Empire State Building in New York, uh, but you don't want to actually travel there, or maybe you can't, maybe it's impossible because of of the ongoing situation maybe it's impossible for you to travel but you still want to see the empire state building so you zoom in on new york and then it'll it'll be a little pop-up with pictures and you can click on those pictures and then you can scroll through all the different pictures that people have submitted to google earth and the, that'll give you kind of an idea of what the empire state building looks like from a, a, a person's perspective the same kind of thing is allegedly happening with PS5 games. So that I that is kind of the idea. This comes from let me see. This comes from a, a wiki called Scrub Wiki, and it's this article says. Let me see where this article came from. This article came from Games Radar, and it says, uh, "quote placement of the." Patent is for, quote, placement of user information in a game space. That information is in-game tags, which will introduce an additional element of an additional dimension of community participation to both single and multiplayer games. Players can add text messages, image and audio clips in specific areas or in context of specific events. And don't worry, these are filtered messages, so you won't be getting anything inappropriate while playing Bug Snacks. <laughs> so that is the idea behind this patent. Um, I know that Sony previously filed a patent for VR tech that was supposed to make it feel like you're in a theater, is the best way that I can describe it. That was about seven or eight months ago roughly i can't remember exactly when that was roughly seven or eight months ago that they filed that patent for vr tech and i have not heard that that's been implemented so that being said i mean they to obtain a patent you have to have some method of making the thing work so i mean maybe the, the technology already exists. We know it already exists. The ability to put things in a, put photos and text and audio inside of a specific area of a map, whether it's Google maps or video game maps, that kind of technology exists. It just, we just haven't seen it in a major way like this. So I guess, I guess we'll see if they actually implement that. I think it'd be interesting the idea is that if you're stuck somewhere, instead of going and looking for a guide, it'll already be in the game and it'll tell you exactly how to get around it or give you hints. Maybe I'm not sure how you'll be able to filter that out. Maybe you want like 
a brief hint or maybe you want a full walkthrough. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how exactly that'll work. But that's allegedly a possibility that's coming to the PS5. Couldn't tell you when. It's just something that they're potentially planning on. So a leaker has said that GTA 6 will have a female main character. This comes from Game Rant. And it says, uh, YouTuber Long Sensation, also known on Twitter as Tom Henderson, who is a notable Call of Duty leaker, said that, quote, for the first time ever in a GTA title, GTA 6 will have a playable female and male protagonist, end quote. And it sounds pretty confident. <clears throat> Just based on that quote, it sounds pretty confident. <laughs> it sounds like this Tom Henderson knows something that the rest of us don't and he was sharing information it that tweet that you can find that in doesn't say anything else uh it's important to remember that twitter user yan2295 said that on january 2nd that the game was in development but not to expect anything soon we talked about that uh, a week ago on the show uh given that this tweet from tom, tom henderson could be wishful thinking that was intended to put pressure on the writers to include a female protagonist that line of thought is heavily heavily dependent on how far into the writing we actually are uh and it's it's hard for me to say if the studio has been working on this for a while or if the the teaser from you know the road that we saw from virginia that you had to plug into google earth <laughs> it's hard for me to say if that was the first time that they were saying hey we're we're working on gta 6 and this is letting you know that we're working on it but they didn't have anything or if that was like hey we're halfway through development and we're ready to tell you that we're working on gta 6 it's really difficult for me to say but, but you know it would depend depending on where they are in the development process uh uh, Tom Henderson's tweet could be a push to include a female lead, or it could be a straight-up reveal. Either way, I would expect this to be the case for GTA 6. It it just it, especially with open-world RPGs, it just makes sense to give people the option between male and female leads. I say that, and then I immediately I was writing that, and I immediately thought of Red Dead Redemption. Uh, I mean, I can see the case for having um, uh, one gender or the other, or non-gender, whatever the case may be. It, I, I can see the case for not allowing players to have a choice, but with as long as GTA Five has lasted, I feel like, and, and some of the themes that are involved in GTA, I feel like the safest, best route for Rockstar is to just allow people to choose and the way this is this tweet goes it'll have a playable female and male protagonist so it could be that there are it like uh cyberpunk where two different stories are written but they're converge and they intertwine and they mix uh throughout the game which may again make sense to me i don't i don't see why you wouldn't include that at least so you know uh, I guess we'll find out. It's I, I th it's probably going to happen. It's whether it was wishful thinking or it was planned is probably <laughs> going to happen. Is the point. 
All right. PlayStation users uh, are concerned about magnetic fields interfering with their wristwatches. Uh, so a Redditor ran an experiment to see if the magnetic field generated by the dual senses speaker would ruin would be enough to ruin a wrist wrist watch. The answer is no. <laughs> uh, even even in their experiment, that's not me just saying no and being a dick. That that's just the experiment showed that the answer is no. The magnetic field is not strong enough to interfere with your watch. It's the same strength as general uh, magnetic fields. It's a good amateur experiment, though. Uh, you know, at least they're thinking. But the the magnetic field that's generated by the DualSense controller should not interfere with your watch. I suppose anything is possible, but it, it shouldn't be that strong. Uh, Hitman 3 locations have been revealed. I don't know if you have seen this. If you haven't, if you're just casually keeping up with, with games, then... You should. You might want to know this. So, Hitman, all six Hitman Three locations were revealed, and it shows that we're taking Agent Forty Seven globe trotting. So, in order of the cities that we're going to go to, it's Dubai first, England, Berlin, a city in China. I wish I could pronounce it. I can't. It starts with a C. A city in China, Argentina, and then finally Romania. Uh, and I can't remember the, the name of the cities for Argentina or Romania, but those are at least the geographical locations we're going to. So it is all over the place. It is all over the world. Uh, the game releases January 26th, so we don't have to wait long to see what the story is there, what 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 the storyline is that is taking us across the planet. Uh, but I'm I'm... I'm interested. I that's that amount of travel is very intriguing. I wonder it has to be some sort sort some sort of global plot, right? Has to be some sort of like uh, secretive cabal or like uh, like uh, uh, what's the what what's the Hydra kind of like Hydra, right? Where it's like this global. <laughs> secret government that's running things and you know i don't know my mind is kind of uh all over the place it's just i can't imagine going to all those places in the same game without a connecting storyline it'll be really interesting I, i'm i'm curious to pick that up speaking of uh I, maybe i'll circle back well speaking of apparently you can get all three games uh for less than the file size is going to be less than 100 gigabytes, which is pretty incredible. I really wish that Call of Duty could figure that out because I got Black Ops Cold War uh, for Christmas and I've still not been able to play it because, well, partially because my internet sucks, partially because the file size is so damn big and it takes for freaking ever. <laughs> As you know, those updates are they just seem to be 30 gigabytes every freaking time. I wish that Call of Duty could figure out compression like Hitman 3 can. So, Riot and Bungie have filed a lawsuit against a cheat maker. So what's happening here is that Riot and Bungie, this is from uh, this is from Gamma Sutra. 
Uh, it says, quote, Riot Games and Bungie have filed a joint lawsuit against the operator and creator behind a number of cheats and hacks for Valorant and Destiny 2. As reported by Polygon, which obtained a copy of the lawsuit, the two companies allege that Cameron Santos runs a number of commercial business ventures engaged in the development, sale, distribution, marketing, and exploitation of cheats and hacks for both popular titles. Both studios claim Santos's products which includes auto-aim software and another hack that reveals enemy locations, are specifically designed to give Destiny 2 and Valorant players unfair competitive advantages and are causing irreparable harm to their reputation and businesses. The success of Destiny 2 and Valorant depends on them being enjoyable and fair for all players, reads the lawsuit. Both studios spend an enormous amount of time and money to ensure that this is the case. Santos's cheating software has caused both Riot and Bungie to suffer irreparable damage to their goodwill and reputation and to lose millions of dollars in revenue. They specifically call out his business Gator Cheats for being one of the most prominent offenders. At the time of the at the time of writing, the Gator Cheats website is still online and claims to sell high-quality cheats and services for the most popular games on the market. A sales pitch on the front page of Gator Cheats' website also touts the safety of its cheats, claiming that they are known to launch first and remain undetected the longest. Riot and Bungie claim Santos has made tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars from the sale of one specific Valorant cheat alone and are demanding Gator Cheats and Santos's other cheating software be shut down, along with payment of statutory damages for an alleged violation of the Digital Millennium copyright act so that's the whole article uh i'm not sure why this isn't done more often i would imagine that most game developers would want to sue or get rid of cheat developers cheat makers um i'm not again i'm not sure why it's not done more often maybe it's too expensive or maybe they can't for whatever reason uh but it it makes me wonder because Riot Games, obviously part of the issue in this lawsuit is that uh, the cheats apply to Valorant. <laughs> and I did a story months ago that there was a job offer hidden in the code of Valorant. And I just can't help but wonder if they would hire this guy. If he makes cheats that are good enough to get around Valorant's uh, anti-cheat software. I mean... <laughs> You would think that they, Valorant puts a lot of pride on their anti-cheat software. So if these cheats are still getting around that, I mean, wouldn't they want wouldn't they want to know how he's doing that? I don't know. It's it's kind of a an interesting thought. I can also understand why they would want to just punish him and you know sue him into oblivion. <laughs> uh, I, either way, I, I just don't I, I don't know why this doesn't happen more often. Speaking of lawsuits, because that seems to be the theme this week, lawsuits, uh, Dragonlance authors who wrote D&D stories, they filed a lawsuit for $10 million against Wizards of the Coast. That's the company that runs Dungeons and Dragons. So the authors have been recruited to write novels that are set in the D&D universe. And they were working on three different books. The lawsuit claims i didn't look at the lawsuit itself but the lawsuit claims that there was a breach of contract however the authors have since voluntarily dropped their suit 
the assumption is that it was settled out of court, but there is no news as to what actually happened with that. Polygon apparently has reached out for a comment, but has not received a response from either Wizards of the Coast or the authors. So who who knows what actually happened? Speaking of reaching out for comment, we are 48 hours into our wait for a response from Facebook. So yesterday I sent a an email wondering if they have if Facebook has a blanket ban on buying, selling, and trading weapons, or if it only applies to the real world kind. I just sent a follow-up email today. Uh, we're going to give it another 48 hours and see what happens. Uh, the reason I asked this, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, the reason I'm asking this is because I'm hearing that a lot of role-playing groups that are associated with Fallout 76 were suspended from Facebook ostensibly for buying, selling, and trading uh, laser rifles <laughs> on Facebook. The assumption is that they were suspended because they were dealing with weaponry and they were talking about buying, selling, and trading weapons. So I was just curious as to whether or not Facebook allows that or not. Is that really the reasoning? We still have no answer, so we'll give it another two days. If we don't have an answer in two days, we're going to have to step it up somehow. Uh, Justin Roiland has become the CEO of Squanch Games. In addition to his writing and voicing responsibilities, Roiland has now taken on the responsibility of running a gaming company. Squanch Games has developed three VR games uh, so far. I was not aware of Squanch Games or what they did. Apparently... It was launched in 2016 and has released three titles uh, called Accounting. Dr. Splorchy presents Space Heroes. Dr. Splorchy presents Space Heroes. And Torver Saves the Universe. Now, apparently, Torver Saves the Universe is one of the more popular titles from the company. So the outgoing CEO... This woman named Tanya Watson. Uh, she claims that she's not she's not leaving because anything is wrong. Quite the contrary, she's leaving because Squanch Games had their most successful year to date in 2020. So this is a, a quote from her in a blog post. It says, "Quote: I can safely say that we are not just surviving; we are thriving." We, amongst all businesses, were extremely concerned at the beginning of the pandemic, but one good thing that came out of 2020 is that it has proven to be Squanch Games' most successful year to date. So it is this inflection point that I have decided it's it's the ideal time for me to step away from Squanch. While I will continue to stay close to the studio as a close friend and advisor, I am ready to figure out what's next. Roiland is set to step in as CEO at the beginning of February and according to Watson will quote be the be the champion primary visionary soul and voice of Squanch so uh, before being becoming CEO <laughs> uh, Royland was the co-founder and chief creative officer um, so the guy is extremely busy I <laughs> he's Writing Rick and Morty, which apparently uh, Adult Swim bought how many episodes? 70 episodes, something like that. Uh, they've got that other show that was on Hulu 
he's running a, a video game company. <laughs> All the marketing deals, uh, whatever else he's doing. Uh, it's no wonder that Rick and Morty episodes take so damn long to come out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I've got I've got a an axe to grind with Rick and Morty because uh, damn it, I love that show, but uh, I'm tired of waiting a year for five episodes. You know what I mean? Anyway, apparently two thirds of game sales in the UK were digital in 2020. So digital sales were up 15% from 2019, meaning that 67% of game sales were digital last year. This is across all platforms, Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox and PC. Uh, The thing to remember here is that if the majority of games are going to be sold digitally, the importance of a streaming service or digital library is going to be of the utmost importance to gaming companies. Xbox uh, Game Pass, we talked about yesterday. Um, apparently, Microsoft approached every uh, every major developer for uh, a deal on Game Pass. Epic Games acquired Bink Video, the Bink Video Compression Company. Right, LG TVs are shipping with Google Stadia already installed. So the future of gaming is digital, and you can see how each company is kind of positioning itself. Right, Xbox Games wants as many publishers as possible to be on its platform, uh, probably exclusively. Right, uh, Epic Games is is trying to position itself that you know if if, even if people don't use the epics epic games launcher at least we own the company that everybody is going to use to compress their games into a reasonable file size (laughs) so they'll make money no matter what uh google stadia is has made a deal with lg tvs that anybody that buys a new TV is automatically going to have access to Google Stadia. Don't worry about buying a, an Xbox or a PlayStation 5. We already have the games that you want. Your TV can do it for you. And uh, all that. And the the thing that's weird to me, maybe it's not weird, but the thing that's weird to me is that PlayStation Network seems to be lagging behind. They're, they're not making these big moves like the other companies are. That being said, uh, it may mean that they are trying to build their own ecosystem. So kind of like Nintendo has its its own ecosystem, maybe PlayStation is trying to develop that kind of exclusive uh, network, that exclusive ecosystem that, that Nintendo currently has, except for adults, right? Um, I can I can see a situation. I talked about this uh, again the other day. I I can see a situation where PlayStation finds a way forward by by really 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 leaning on exclusives and being uh, Nintendo for adults. I I can see that happening. I wonder though what they're going to do with digital games. I just don't. Maybe they're doing things behind closed doors. I just don't... I, I'm not seeing how they're keeping up with the digital aspect of, of gaming. Anyway, uh, the Uncharted movie, The Last of Us 2 and... Uh, I'm sorry. The Uncharted movie and The Last of Us TV show are just the beginning of Sony's expansion into uh, additional media. 
So if you don't know, there's a consumer electronics show uh, conference going on. So they've talked about, they've revealed rollable phones and TVs that are uh, equipped with Google Stadia and like all kinds of, all kinds of weird, crazy, futuristic tech. It feels futuristic to me anyway. And uh, Jim Ryan was there. And he had a real short presentation for uh, for the conference. So he said, this is just the beginning of the expansion of our storytelling into new media and even wider audiences. Sony is a creative entertainment company and entertainment has never been more important. So that's basically what he said, right? So HBO is doing an adaptation of The Last of Us. There's obviously an Uncharted movie coming out starring... Uh, Oh, Tom Holland. <laughs> so apparently that's just the beginning. Uh, could we see another Final Fantasy movie? Maybe that's less confusing than the last one. <laughs> or could we see Ghost of Tsushima as a TV show? That would be really cool, right? That would be super, super cool. Now I got myself excited. <laughs> so hopefully they they do something with some of those IPs. And again, this could be similar to Nintendo where they, they have, you know, Nintendo makes money off of not just Pokemon games, but the anime and the car trading. And maybe Sony's doing the same thing. They're going to make money off the games and the TV adaptations and the movies. Right. I, I, uh, now that we've gone through those two stories, I'm pretty confident that that's what Sony is actually going to do. Sony, Sony, Sony is going the Nintendo route, which is pretty good. I mean, I don't see Nintendo, Nintendo, the Nintendo Switch has been the best-selling console for 24 months straight. So, I mean, there's a lot to be said about those exclusive IPs. All right. In other news, Rocket League Champion Series has been featured on the BBC homepage. So, uh, BBC is hosting the RLCSX Winter Split Online with a helpful guide for newcomers to the game. Fans of the Rocket League Championship will know where to find it, either on YouTube or Twitch or wherever it's being played. <laughs> but the BBC is giving kind of a more mainstream way to find it and watch it which I think is really cool. It, it And it makes sense for the BBC to be doing that specifically because Rocket League is basically soccer. <laughs> uh, we all know that Europeans love soccer and not just Europeans either. I mean, it's, it was my sport of choice in high school. So it makes a lot of sense. And I think slower paced games like, like Rocket League are going to be, they're going to have more broad appeal than games like overwatch uh i know last summer i spent some time watching the overwatch league just to to really to try to get a job i'm gonna be honest with you i was trying to get a job trying to figure out the esports scene kind of in general and to be perfectly honest watching an overwatch league tournament is kind of overwhelming there is a lot going on a lot of flashing colors, a lot of very quick movements. It, it's it's not easy to follow for the casual viewer. And Robin, my wife, uh, I showed her uh, 
maybe 10 seconds of one match <laughs> because I, you know, I think it's really cool. I think it's really interesting, but I showed her a small portion of one match and she's like, yeah, this is, this is too much. I can watch this. I tend to agree with her uh, watching a slower paced rocket league championship though, that I feel like that could be something that a lot of people could get into. It'd be a lot easier for me to watch anyway. And then second to last story of the day. Otterbox is launching Xbox controller accessories. So again, this is from the CES tournament, uh, not tournament, CES conference. Uh, apparently you can, they are making uh, cases for your controller, for your Xbox controller, so that you can throw it around and not damage it. <laughs> or if you have kids, you know, uh, you don't have to worry as much about the thing breaking if they drop it or something carrying it around. I like to carry mine around when I'm cooking and dropping it on a hard floor is uh, much more dangerous than dropping it on carpet. The reason I carry it around when I'm cooking is because uh, a lot of times I, I need to plug in my headphones and just kind of listen to myself. Uh, I, I don't normally just <laughs> cook while holding an Xbox controller. Anyway, uh, I thought that was I, I thought that was really cool. The product line also includes a privacy screen, a phone holder, and a phone case. So, Otterbox has has joined the uh, the gaming accessory race. And then finally, the news feeds today were full of screenshots of Mario in a cat outfit. There's nothing particularly important there. It's just something that people enjoyed looking at today, and I've got to I've got to admit that Bowser is pretty cool looking. Uh, he looks pretty mean. It's pretty, pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. Well, all right, guys, that was all the news for today. Thank you for listening. Remember, you won't get this amount of news anywhere else. We do this every day, everywhere you listen to podcasts. I try to upload at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. And there you have it. There were there were 16, 17 stories. I will be back tomorrow with another 16, 17, 20 stories for us to explore and bite on. All right, guys, I will see you tomorrow.